All right, if you have your Bibles tonight, turn to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. This will be my fourth message in James chapter 4. Moving right along, amen. I just, I've, I've enjoyed preaching through James so much on Sunday morning and Sunday night that I just don't want it to end. I'm kind of like the awesome preacher in August. Uh, I don't want it to end. Take no offense at that. Somebody said in prayer, I just wish it wouldn't end. I said, I wish it wouldn't either. But last week, I tell you what, Brother Cockendall preached a message you ought to listen to. When you can't find God. When you can't find God. And all of us have been there. But he, he, he's never lost you, I'll tell you that. And you might have lost his awareness, and you might have lost the feeling that he cared, but I'll tell you what, he still cares for you. What a great message. What a great evening. What a great songs by Sister Kristen. Uh, she was so excited about God changing the last song to Job, and uh, I didn't tell her what uh, Brother Cockendall's preached, I've been accused of that, but God the Holy Spirit orchestrated that whole service. I'm praying for the same thing this Tuesday, I mean that was one of the most special anointed services we've had all month, was last Tuesday, I'm glad I didn't miss it, and please listen to it on WhitfieldBaptist.com. You know, I was saying about Buddy Thigpen, that long uh, letter, I think he writes about every two months, so he has to unload the whole thing, and that's fine. And he's got a lot on his heart because so, he's a missionary that's doing something. But I want to tell you what, why I know that God called Brother Buddy Thigpen to Russia. On deputation, his four-year-old got away from him at McDonald's. He ran off the sidewalk, got ran over and got killed. And he still went. Most of you would have went to the front porch and said, Forget it, God. I ain't going to serve a God let my four-year-old get killed. So folks, I know he's a missionary. Because he went on anyway. And I know that's what we ought to do is go on anyway. Amen. Be faithful. In season, out of season. But if his son got ran over in McDonald's parking lot on deputation and he still went to Russia, I'm telling you, God called him. And I hope God's called you to do something. And I know he's called you to be in his will. I want to preach on what is your life or the pleasure of the will of God. And since I'm preaching on it tonight as I started this morning, I'd like to subtitle it, Don't Waste Your Life. Don't waste your life. And wasting your life is when you're just spending it and investing it and enjoying it and not making eternal significance for God's glory. I want you to get that sentence. Eternal significance for God's glory. I don't know about you, but I want to be used of God on this earth. You can still be picking locks, brother, Picking locks, unlocking locks at A plus uh, locksmith or whatever he did, amen? And uh, I could tell you a lot of other things about Jeremy, but I won't. And I want to tell you something. He could be just fooling around in Dalton, Georgia, and God's called him to be a missionary. And uh, that's eternal. But I want to tell you something. Not all of you, are the will of God for you to go to South Africa. Now, Mark Coffey thinks it is, but it's not. Amen? Don't you listen to him. He thinks everybody else goes, he tried to get me to go there, amen? said, you can be the field representative. I said, I'm fine right where I'm at, Mark. God bless you. Don't try to be the Holy Spirit in my life. But anyway, uh, I want you to know this, friend. God's called you to do something. And God's called you, most important of all, to be something. And don't waste your life fussing and fighting and making money and playing and doing all the things of life and then retiring and going, to, going down to Florida and, and uh, collecting seashells and going to the judgment seat of Christ and saying, Dear Lord, look at these seashells. No, God's called you to do something eternal. 
Amen? And that's what the message is about. Let's stand on the Word of God, uh, chapter 4, verse 13 through 17. The Bible says, Go to now, ye that say today. That's a key word, today. Today. That's how you find the will of God. I told you how to find the will of God. Or tomorrow. That's another day. Say amen. We will go into such a city and continue there, uh, there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Nothing wrong with that unless it runs your life. Verse 14. Whereas you know not what shall be on tomorrow. For what's it, what is your life? It's even a vapor. Appear for a little time and then vanish away. For that you ought to say, and here's the, text, here's the uh, sermon for, for tonight. If the Lord will. For you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. And now you rejoice in your boasting. All such rejoicing is evil. That's independent, self-sufficient boasting. Look at verse 17. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And Can I just say this, not adding to the Word of God? I'm not writing the Cofield Bible. I use the Schofield. The biggest sin in your life is to miss the will of God and live for yourself. To know to do good, that's a good life, living for God. And to miss it, it's sin. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the good reunion with the Hall family. And God, we thank you, dear God, for how you're using them. And, and Lord, we do pray for Brother Stephen. Lord, thank you, God, that our church had a great influence on his life. This is where he got in church and got right with God. And God, I remember when he was just playing little league for me and playing second base, couldn't catch a thing. And Lord, he was now he's a missionary, and I pray that you'd bless him. Bless Kevin. God bless all the missionaries down there, and I pray that you'd use them greatly for your glory. But God use us. God help us to find the will of God. And we'll thank you and praise you for not wasting our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 13, the Bible says. Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow. And he's saying, you know, it's not good to boast about today or tomorrow because you don't know what tomorrow holds. But thank God we know who holds tomorrow. Say amen. We know who holds tomorrow. And folks, there's three, or I'll just give you three attitudes towards the will of God. This morning I preached on ignoring the will of God because of the complexity of life, the uncertainty of life, the brevity of life, and the frailty of life. All those verses talk about that. We ignore the will of God. We miss it. How foolish it is to go on a trip and not, not listen to your GPS. I think it's foolish not to have one, unless you want to stop at every gas station. And, uh, you know, the other day I said, you know, it'd be nice to get out a map and try to follow, go, go somewhere looking at a map. We got GPSs. We got, hey, I, we got this great thing, no offense all you uh, law officers, we got this great thing called Waze. It tells you where all the policemen are. Tells you where all the wrecks are. Tells you where all the potholes are. Show, tells you where all the potheads are. No, it shows, it shows you. It shows you everything about the trip. And uh, I've introduced that to several missionaries. Saved them a lot of money on tickets. But I want to tell you something, friend. If you do not follow the instructions and look at it, you're going to get lost. And I want to tell you something. The greatest GPS we have is the Word of God. Amen. You want to know the will of God? I'm holding it in my hand. It's not mysterious. It's not just geography. This is the will of God. The Word of God is the will of God. Can somebody say amen? So uh, don't, don't ignore it. Uh, don't be ignorant of it. Uh, number two, uh, tonight, uh, covering new territory. Don't be disobedient. Don't be disobedient to the will of God. Verse 17 says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good 
and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Told you about Stephen Baker calling me up saying I'm lost because he didn't trust the voice on the GPS. And he was lost coming out of Atlanta. God help him. And he said, how do I get back? I said, where are you at? He says, I think I'm heading towards Greenville. <laughs> and he didn't listen. He didn't listen. People that know the will of God but choose to disobey it express more pride than those who don't know the will of God. Folks, I want to tell you something. We ought to consult God every day for our day. For our day. And folks, the only way you can know the will of God is day by day. It's mentioned seven times. I'll go over them real quick uh, in the Word of God uh, that you can know the will of God. Why is someone who knows the will of God disobedient to it? That's the question of the hour. I think number one is pride. I think it's pride. You know, you think you got it together. I won't say this, friend. You don't have it together. And neither do I. And I don't know what God wants until I ask Him, until I seek Him with all my heart, read His Word, follow godly uh, counsel, and let God lead me in the will of God. Let me say this, friend. It's a tragedy of all tragedies to miss the will of God. It's a tragedy to die and go to heaven and miss the will of God. You missed hell. Great. But I want to tell you something, friend. How many people did you help miss hell? That's even better. It's the will of God. It's the will of God that we be saved. It's the will of God that we be sanctified. And I'll just say this, Baptist. It's the will of God that we be satisfied. Amen? Brother Lou Rossi told about the time that he uh, saw a man get saved in his revival. And that night, there was a prayer circle. And they were all praying. And it got around to that new converse time to pray. He didn't know how to pray. But he said this, Dear God, I'm a satisfied customer. <laughs> Amen? He didn't know how to put it. Don't look pious at me, praise God. He just was praying what he thought. Amen? You ought to be a satisfied customer. You ought to be satisfied with Jesus. Folks, listen, you can't, uh, you can't uh, leave it behind. And folks, uh, listen, you say, um, why, do I, why does people uh, disobey the will of God? Pride. Number two, ignorance. Ignorance. Ignorance of the nature of God's will. I want to say this, friend. People act like the will of God is something you can accept or reject. And you can because He gives you a free will. You know what free will Baptists are, don't you? They believe you can lose your salvation. Don't be that free will. Amen? But folks, it's not optional. The will of God's an obligation. Can somebody say amen? It's not take it or leave it. Folks, it, you, let me just say this. He's the creator. How many say amen there? And all this ungodly teaching of evolution, thank God for Miss uh, Anita uh, uh, retiring after 40 years teaching in the public school. What a great minister she had. And uh, she deserves a rest, Brother Bobby. Praise God. Amen. That, that's 40 years. I think after 40 years you ought to retire. That's what I'm going to do next year. Just forget it. No, not really. I'd go crazy. But I want you to know, friend, listen. Listen. He's the creator. And so therefore, you're the creature. You're the creation. Folks, we must obey our creator. Say amen. To be in union with our Creator is to be saved. To be in fellowship with our Creator is to be sanctified in the will, the precious, wonderful, pleasurable will of God. I highly recommend it. Can somebody say amen? I'd rather be in the will of God than anything I know. I'm enjoying preaching more than I've ever enjoyed preaching in my 43 years of preaching. It's the will of God. It's the will of God that I pastor this church. A lot of people have tried to talk me out of it. 
Some people told me I ought to go to a bigger town, a bigger city, and I'd, I'd do more. Some people tried to call me to South Africa and all kinds of things. But folks, I know this is the will of God, and I better know it's the will of God. And folks, because He's my Creator, but also He's my Savior. And thus, He ought to be my Lord. I want to tell you why the will of God's not uh, take it or leave it. Some people are ignorant of the nature of the will of God. The nature of the will of God is just like breathing to a newborn child. It ought to be your second nature. It ought to be your first nature. It ought to be your desire. It ought to be your heartbeat. Why? Because you're not your own. You're not your own. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I, wanted, I changed the song, and praise God, our orchestra and pianist and organist just fell right in place. And Brother Randy's always... I don't usually suggest changing songs, but I wanted to sing that song, Now I Belong to Jesus. That was Brother Franklin Holmes' favorite song. He'd always, he'd always want it sung, Now I Belong to Jesus. And guess what? You do belong to Jesus. Look at 1 Corinthians 6, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Two of my favorite verses in the Word of God. Two of the most challenging verses in the Word of God. Everybody there? Amen. It says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Can somebody say amen right there? And I want to tell you something. God's called you to do more than uh, fight a fight and make $300 million to win it and $100 million to lose it and use your body as some kind of billboard for a bunch of tattoos. God help us. Don't get me on that subject. Young people shaking their head on the second row. Oh no, he's going to get on that subject. Amen. I mean, our body's not a display for some, some worldly activity. I was in prison the other day, not spending it, trying to preach it. And a guy put on, it was on his, on his shoulder, born to lose. I said, buddy, that is false. You're born to be a winner. Let me tell you how. And he got saved. <laughs> Amen. So God used that for something, praise God. But I want to tell you something, folks. We are duped thinking that all this world is is to make money. All this world is to be famous. All this world is to be a celebrity. No, to be light. And everybody like us. And folks, the Bible says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you and you have of God and you're not your own. That's why we ought to want to do the will of God. For you're bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Folks, I want to tell you something. The greatest desire in your life is ought to be to please God rather than man. Please God rather than self. Say amen. Please God, don't go by your schedule or your wants and your desires. Find the desire of God. Delight in His law and His will will be a delight. Oh, friend, listen. I'm having the time of my life serving God. Some people come in here looking like a mule looking at a new gate. Boy, get it over with. Praise God. I mean, you went over 30 minutes. You know, you look at me like, bless me if you can. I can't. I can't even wake you up. But I want to tell you something, friend. You ought to be excited to worship God. You ought to be excited about serving God. You ought, it's not a have to, it's a want to. Hey, why do, why do we delegate everything around here? Why do we ask you to do things? I'll tell you. Uh, the last Tuesday nights, I go in that kitchen early and I see people singing and happy and thrilled to p pill a potato, uh, 
cut up slaw, serve barbecue. I mean, Baptists are happy when we're, when we're eating, say amen. But I want to tell you what's so exciting. About 4.30, all these ladies come in here. It's their ladies' class, and it's uh, the children's teacher's responsibility. And they look like they're enjoying themselves. And I really believe they were. I don't think there was a rope burn around Miss Deborah's neck when she come in here at 3.30 saying, God, I got to cut all those potatoes. You know, no, no, she was excited to cut all those potatoes. Even Wesley tried to cut a potato, about cut his finger off. It's wonderful to serve God, amen, to do something for God. I highly recommend it. I'm going to tell you something, friend. If you sit on the back row and do nothing, you're going to be miserable. No, no offense, all you on the back row. Miss Hazel, you got one arm and you work harder than most people in this church and you love it. And if people don't work when they're around you, you let them know it, praise God. Sergeant York, praise God. Sergeant Hazel, hallelujah. You're going to do it and do it right when you're around her, and I like it. She could be feeling sorry for herself, lost that arm in that quiller or twiller or whatever that was on that plant, but praise God, she's serving God with what she's got. She's out there with the Kool-Aid and the punch and the cookies on vacation Bible school while everybody else is saying why they can't. She's doing it. Amen. I'm telling you, you ought to, do, you ought to realize what God's given you and the breath He's given you and the brains He's given you and the strength He's given you. It's not for you to be famous or be comfortable or be entertained, but thank God to serve the living God. Don't waste your life. Don't waste your life. You only got one time. And it's not yours. These hands are not my own. These ears are not my own. This beautiful bald head's not my own. Say amen right there. This brain's not my own. This smile's not my own. I smile by faith sometimes when I'm up here because I feel like frowning. But I say somebody needs my smile more than they need my frown. So I'm sitting here. You say, you fake. No, I said by faith, not by fake. Amen. I'm going to smile by faith, not fake. But I want to tell you something, friend. I believe that it's the greatest privilege on this earth is to know that my hands are not my own. My feet are not my own. My brain, my eyes are not my own. They're His! When the priest was sanctifying themselves for service, blood on the right thumb, blood on the earlobe, and blood on the big toe, saying what? My walking's no longer my own. My hearing's no longer my own. My will's no longer my own. I'm a priest of God. I'm a servant of the Most High God. And they sanctified themselves. Consecration uh, was the dedication when they put that blood on the Leviticus chapter 8. Thumb and earlobe and big toe. Let me, ask your, let me ask you a question. Is blood over your want to? Is the blood on your want to? I mean, you serve God out of gratefulness? Or do you have to? It's a duty, not a ministry. Thank God for you. What happens if you don't obey God? Well, by the way, let, let me just give you three things. He's the creator. You're the creature. He's the savior. You're the child. And he's the father. And you're the servant. And folks, the Bible says if you don't serve him, and if you're out of the will of God and you live for sin, that he has the right and the authority to chasten you. In South Georgia, we call it this way. He can whoop you. Amen. He can, whoop, he can lay a whooping on you. I didn't walk for 11 months of my life because I want to live for soccer. 
That's why I was afraid to stay up and watch that fight. Some of y'all did it illegally. Y'all, t- y'all confessed it after the service. Got on that black market and you stayed up to 2 o'clock. And praise God, I'm glad you didn't go to sleep. Right? I got you good. He's looking at me right now. I know where he's at. At least he's on enough to say it. I said, oh, that's all right, buddy. I've done worse. He said, what? I said, I ain't going to tell you. <laughs> he want to know what I did worse. It's none of your business. It's under the blood, say amen. I could tell you some things about Jeremy on our haunted house thing that we had or whatever it was. Oh, I won't do it. I won't do it. God's chasing his evidence that he loves you. And folks, I want to tell you something. Another reason, another thing that happens if you disobey God is you lose heavenly rewards. I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I know this is more topical tonight. I usually go verse by verse, but I think the will of God is a great topic. Amen? I love the will of God. I just love it. I love it, love it, love it being in the will of God. And you know, I love when new people come to our church. Brother Jim said, I don't know a lot of these people. I said, they're new. Thank God they're new. I love it. Amen. I'm glad somebody's new around here. Not the same old faces. Y'all love it when you get a new preacher. But anyway. I hope not. 1 Corinthians 9. Look at verse 24. The Bible says this. It's describing the judge. Know ye not that which run the race, run all but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain the crown that you'll cast at Jesus' feet. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible crown. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. That's what old McGregor was doing, just beating the air. Don't get me started on that. Amen, come on. Look at this. I'm going to offend one of you, I know. But it says, I keep under my body and bring it under subjection lest at any means when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. Folks, listen, you disobey the will of God and you miss the will of God, you're going to suffer loss and you have nothing to offer Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ and you'll say, I live for my sorry self, I live for entertainment, I live to get rich, I live for the women, you men, I hope it's you men, amen. I live to be popular, I live to be liked. And that's nothing but peer pressure. Young people going back to school, don't live by peer pressure. Live by His pressure. The will of God. The will of God is for you to be different. The will of God is you walk different down that hall. Look different. Act different. Listen different. Eat different, praise God. You ought to go up to the cafeteria worker and say, praise God for this milk. Hallelujah. It's wonderful. Well, don't go that far. You know, say it's wholesome. Amen. <laughs> You ought to be different. Different. Let me ask you this question real quick. I'll close in a minute. Don't you want to make a difference with your life? I want to ask you that again. Don't you want to make a difference with your life? Or you just want to coast through? Praise God, I'm going to heaven. Oh yeah, I'm saved. But you'll face Him like the skin of your teeth, so as by fire, and nothing to offer Jesus if you miss the will of God. We're about to have a prayer offering, altar call. You know what I want to pray for tonight? I want you to pray for your youngins that are missing the will of God. I want you to pray for your wife that's missing the will of God. 
I want you to pray for your husband that's missing the will of God. I want you to pray for your best friend that's missing the will of God. They're living for everything, and they're faithful to work. They're faithful to be on time on Monday morning. They're faithful to this. They're faithful to that. But you can't find them in the house of God or pay them to come. Something's wrong. It's called, they're missing the will of God, and it breaks my heart. I know it breaks yours. Come on now. When, when, you, when you was out of the will of God, how was you? You was miserable. That's how you were. When you were saved by the grace of God, you were miserable if you weren't yielded to His will. His will. Folks, what happens? God chastens you if you don't obey the will of God. You lose heavenly rewards. And then last but not least, there's another attitude towards the will of God. Listen now, listen. Obeying God's will. You know, I don't know why it is when I preach, the, the devil makes me focus on the person that's least interested. I need to find somebody that's interested. Brother Jeremy's leaning forward. Praise God, I'm just going to preach to you, amen. <laughs> that's the truth. You ever try to preach, you preachers find out, you'll find the person that's least interested, and the, and the devil goes, look at him, he ain't getting nothing out of it. So I'm going to look the other way. If the Lord's will, look at verse 15, James chapter 4, please, for it says, for that ye ought to say, if the Lord's will, we shall live and do this or that. And listen, I'm going to tell you, so I've seen people take this to the extreme, and every sentence is, well, Lord will, Lord will. Yeah, Lord willing, Lord willing, Lord, will, Lord willing. I'll get up in the morning, Lord willing. And, and Lord willing, I'll, I'll eat breakfast, and Lord willing, I'll kiss my wife. You better be willing anyway, amen. <laughs> Lord willing, I'll dress the kids, and Lord willing, I'll go to work. I'm not talking about talk. I'm talking about walk. You ought to get up with this attitude. Lord, I want to make a difference today. <laughs> I want to glorify your name today. Amen? I'm getting excited just preaching this. I don't, I'm going to try to live it tomorrow. Hey, I'm going to do something for God. Do something for God. Don't be ordinary. Be a miracle. You ought to thank God you're in a church that supports missionaries as independent Baptists, and even no missionaries. That's exciting to me. We're touching South Africa, but not even going there. That's exciting. Isn't that exciting? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's exciting, preacher. Praise God. If you'll just get this over with, I'm going to Wendy's with the Sunday school class. They got 50-cent Frosties on sale. I, I'm, I wish you'd just sh please finish this message so I can get a 50-cent Frosty. See what I put up with preaching? <laughs> hey, friend, we can smile, we can laugh, but I want to tell you the truth of the matter is, what is your life? What is your life? Is it sports? It's what it was in the Roman Empire before it went down. Is it money? Is it your children? I wouldn't put my children before God. That's very dangerous. Very dangerous. I remember Miss Faye Hall, your grandmama, come to the altar weeping, and she got up and said, i got to say something. I said, go ahead, Miss Faye. She don't say nothing. She's a quiet person like you, Brother Jeremy. She said, I just want to confess to the whole church that I think I love my children more than I love God. And as of this day, I'm giving up that priority. I'm going to put God first before my children. Whew. Wow. It was revival that morning.
especially among the mamas, if the Lord wills not a statement of a believer's lips, it's a constant attitude of a believer's heart. John 4.34 said that Jesus said the will of God is meat, it's food, it's what keeps me going. The will of God's not a chain that shackles us, it's a key that opens doors and sets us free. Amen? I love the freedom in the will of God. That doesn't mean you live like you want to. That means you live like God wants you to. I tell this little story and I'll tell it again because we've got new members here. and they, They'll enjoy it. You'll just look at me and say, yeah, heard that one before. Listen, friend, if, I, if I'm preaching the same place for 39 and three-fourths years, I've got to repeat some of it. Amen? And a lot of times you, didn't, you don't remember it. There's this uh, Ugga Bulldogs. That's my team. Come on, buddy. You said you was going to a ball game in about two weeks. You ought to say amen at least to that, amen. Come on. <laughs> and he's going down the road, and he's got his fork out and his spoon out and knife out, and he's got a napkin under him because there's a little old Pekingese, Wickmanese, what do you call them, Chihuahua dogs, you know, the Taco Bell dogs. He's in the fence, and he's barking, I want out, I want out, I want out, I want out, I want my freedom, I want to do what I want to. The master says, no, you're not getting out. Here's the fence, you're staying right there. Now let me ask you a question. And that Ugg is walking down the sidewalk and says, I hope you do get out. I'll have you for breakfast. I'll have you for supper. I'll treat you like the Tennessee volunteers. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to split the church now, hallelujah. But anyway, some of y'all wouldn't laugh if, if it was funny. But listen to this, listen to this now. Listen, I'm trying not to be distracted. But I want to tell you something. Where is that little dog free? In the boundaries of his master? Or out there in the world with Ugga? I hate to use Ugga as a bad illustration, but out there with the devil. I'll tell you where you're free. In the boundaries of your master. Young people, you're free in the boundaries of your marriage. You're free in the boundaries of your parents. You're free in the boundaries of a fundamental, independent, Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, sin-hating, sin-rebuking church. You're free. Oh, no, I've been there before. Oh, they, they try to lord over me. No, I'm not talking about man lording over you. I'm not talking about man-made rules. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost leading you and, and you loving Him more than you love the world. That's the will of God. See, folks, God has a plan for your life. Just give me about 10 more minutes and I'm going to tell you how to find the will of God. And God has some definites in your life. And until you take those definites, the revealed will of God, God's not going to lead you specifically. He's not going to lead you definitely. Unless you walk in the light God gives you, He's not going to give you any more light. Say amen. That'd be like making much sense to go up here and get in the car and, and head towards Chattanooga and say, well, I'm not going to move till my lights hit Chattanooga. No, you go in the light that God gives you. Or the Chrysler gives you. Chrysler. Who drives a Chrysler? Uh, you, the Toyota gives you. The Honda gives you. Amen? You just go in that light. Trust God for more light. That's exactly what you ought to do in the will of God. You ought to be obedient in what you know you need to do. 
And if you're not, don't expect God to call you to Africa. Don't expect God to, uh, to open up the ministry to you. Don't expect God to use you as a preacher. So you've got to be a good follower before you can be a good leader. Can somebody say amen? You've got to be a good learner before you can be a good teacher. You've got to be submissive before you can lead. But I'm going to give you four things that you can know is the will of God. Number one, it is definitely the will of God that you yield yourself to Him day by day. I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 5, and I'll close. I've enjoyed preaching on the will of God, and I enjoy living in the will of God more than I enjoy preaching on it. I'll tell you what, friend. I'm 66 going on 100, and I'm enjoying life. <laughs> Amen. I don't have to cover up nothing. Praise God. My wife loves me more than she ever has. Don't you, honey? Shake your little head yes. There you go. I love her more than I ever loved her. I love my children more. Heard about Amy preaching yesterday and Stephanie coordinating and Mama come home so proud of the, her daughters. And I said, boy, I'm so glad. Amy used to not speak to her brother and sister. She was so shy. And she's there teaching ladies about missions. Praise God. And it makes you proud. Amen. She used to be a star volleyball player and star basketball player. Nobody could rebound like her. But I want to tell you something. I tell you what I'm thrilled about is she's serving God. I'm not thrilled about the place all the time because I don't fly much and I'm hyperactive, not hyper Calvinist, and I can't get in those planes like I should. And even Mama said, We're going every year whether you go or not. And she does. But I want to tell you something, friend. We cried when she left, but I'd cry more if she was out of the will of God. Amen. We wept like she died. Oh, 7,000 miles. Y'all did the same thing. Amen. Come on. Come on. You know. What? South Africa. Can it be South Georgia? <laughs> South Florida would be wonderful. Amen. We'll go reach the Cubans in Miami. Hallelujah. I'd visit them every six months. But South Africa. I thought about her teaching yesterday and trying to help those ladies. I thought, praise God. I think about Jason and how loyal he is and faithful. Serves God around here for 15 years. Stephanie, Stephen, leading singing over there and teaching a young adult class. I'm telling you, I'm thrilled with the will of God. I'm thrilled with the will of God. But I want you to look at this. 2 Corinthians in chapter 4 and verse 16. I was going to give you something that a dear old man of God, 85 years old, shared with us up on the mountain. Sand Mountain, we go there every year. What a blessing. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Let's go back there. The Bible says this, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. I want to tell you what the perfect will of God is, for you to yield to the Spirit of God day by day. By day. It's definitely the will of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 5. Look at this. And this they did not as we hoped, but first gave their selves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. The will of God is you first give yourself. Then you give your offerings. 
And so first of all, I believe it's the will of God for you to yield to the Holy Ghost every day. That'll take care of everything. You yield to the Spirit of God. You read your Bible. If it's not scriptural, it's not what? Spiritual. You read your Bible led by the Spirit of God, taught by the Spirit of God, you'll know the will of God. Then number two is, it's God's will for you to avoid sexual immorality. Sexual immorality. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. Real quick. Vision class is going to Wendy's. We've got to hurry. No, 1 Thessalonians, I'm glad people have activities and socials. We get to know people like that. That's good. I like it. Don't wait for a birthday. Just go party anytime. Look at this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3 says this. For this is the will of God. That's pretty plain, isn't it? For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. You want to mess your life up? Be unfaithful in your marriage. Hey, teenager, you want to be, you want to mess your life up? Don't keep yourself from marriage. And, and then on, on the wedding bed, he, he's offered something used. And that goes for you boys too. Amen. Because I want to tell you something, you can marry the wrong person because of sex. Hey, listen, let's don't get nervous. They're going to hear it the wrong way at school. I'm going to teach them the right way. And folks, you ought to keep yourself from marriage. And the Bible says it's the will of God that you don't commit fornication. It's the will of God. And I'll tell you, it ought to be day by day. Turn to Genesis chapter 39. I'm hurrying, y'all. Listen, y'all listen quick. I'll preach quick. Genesis 39. Y'all getting something out of this? I tell you, y'all, if y'all are thrilled enough to listen to as I am to preach to you, y'all getting something. Amen? I'm thrilled about this this opportunity to preach to you because I need it. i got three fingers pointing back at me. Look at the word day by day. That's how you know the will of God. You yield to the Spirit of God day by day. That summed it all up in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. But there's another day by day. The Bible says, And it came to pass as she spake, Genesis 39, verse 10, to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. I'll tell you what's the will of God for you to resist Temptation, day by day. Not week by week. Not Sunday by Sunday. The devil will get you about Thursday. He might get you on Monday. To fall into sin. Especially this sexual sin. This, this, listen, before there's a... And I'll, pre, I'll preach this probably 11 o'clock Saturday morning at the couple's Street. That there's an emotional affair before there's a physical affair. This Texan with the opposite sex is dangerous. Oh, it's getting quiet now. Praise God, a visitor said amen. Hey, it's, it's dangerous to flirt with another man's wife. And it usually leads to destruction. You know what you ought to do when uh, Potiphar's wife... <laughs> oh, God. I hate to say this like it is. She was nicknamed Jezebel. And she was after Joseph. Joseph was entrusted by the master to do what? Keep the house. Uh, manage the house. He was good steward. He said, how can I sin against God? Because you're his wife. That's good. That's good. But I want to tell you how he resisted temptation. Tennis shoe sanctification. Amen. He got up. I wish I was young. I'd run, I'd run all the way around this office. 
I would run around. Y'all would say, you've been hanging around Sammy Allen too much. No, I would run around this auditorium if I was younger. I might get Wesley to do a lap for me. You ready? All right. He raised his hand. Here he is. But I want to tell you something, friend. The best thing you can do and the greatest thing you can do day by day is run from temptation. Oh, no, I can't handle it. That's where you think you can, buddy. No, you can't handle it. You ought to abstain from the very appearance of evil. And when she comes on to you, and the secretary comes up to you and says, you know, my husband don't talk to me like you do. Boy, I wish I had a husband that treated me like you did. You better run, son, because the affair is about to take place and it's going to ruin your life and you're going to have visiting, you're going to have visiting times with your kids and it's going to be terrible. Tennis shoe sanctification. It's a will of God that you yield to the Spirit. And it's a will of God that you resist temptation day by day. Let me give you three more, four more day by days real quick. And we're gone. Amen. The Bible says in Nehemiah that you ought to obey the Word of God day by day. Nehemiah 8 verse 18 says read and obey the Word of God. Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalm. Get it. Oh, friend, listen. You need to realize here's a, and this is so deep that I, I, I know everybody in this room is going to think it's just, it's just too shallow for me. But I want to tell you something. It's not too shallow. The Bible says right here, Nehemiah chapter 8, verse, verse 18. Verse 18. That's why there's a danger of being spoon-fed. You need to have your own devotion. You, had, you, need, to, you need to have your own preaching time with yourself. You need to have your own worship time. Look at Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 18. This is definitely the will of God. Day by day. And day by day, from the first day until the last day, he read in the book of the law of God. <laughs> you know what the will of God is for your life? God's not going to reveal to you the definite will of God in your life until you do the revealed will of God. He wants you to read your Bible and obey day by day. Is that deep? No, but it's Bible. Day by day, yield to the Spirit. Day by day, resist temptation. Get up and flee. It takes more courage to leave sin than to indulge in it. Any guy can go down the cesspool of sin and the drain of sin. You say, but she makes me feel like a man. No, you're a wimp if you give in to sin. And you ought to be a daddy and you ought to be a good husband. Amen. Day by day, read your Bible and pray. 2 Chronicles chapter 30, verse 21. Let's give you another one real quick. 2 Chronicles 30, verse 21. Some of y'all men were up on that mountain when Gordon Carpenter shared these truths with us. Our mouths were just dropped open with this great fundamental truth that the will of God is found day by day. The will of God's practiced day by day. And can I say this? The will of God is... Enjoyed day by day. I have trouble with the contemporary movement by this. They think the only time you can be happy is when you're jumping up and down with a fog machine and rock and roll music in, a, in the house of God. And it's entertainment. They've cut out Sunday night services because they've got so much production time in Sunday morning, they ain't got time for Sunday night service. And people say, well, where is in the Bible that you have to go to church on Sunday night? Where in the Bible says that we get the chance to go to church on Sunday night? Say amen. And oh, how about Wednesday night, praise God. You don't say you have to go. No, I don't have to. I want to. 
But folks, I want to tell you what the will of God is for your life day by day now. Second Chronicles 30, verse 21. The Bible says this. And the children of Israel that were present at Jerusalem kept the feast of the unleavened bread seven days with great gladness. And the Levites and the priests praised the Lord day by day, singing with loud instruments unto the Lord. Instruments, Brother Derek, praise God. Instruments, Miss Becca. Instruments, Miss Trudy. It's all right to have instruments in the house of God. Say amen. I'm glad I'm not Church of Christ. I'd have to hear myself sing. I like music. But I like Christ-honoring music. And I want to tell you something, friend. You ought to have the right kind of music day by day. You ought to have the right kind of singing day by day. You ought to have the right kind of worship day by day. You know what the will of God is? For day by day you worship God. Woo! Some people come in here, they've had rock and roll blaring in their house all week. I'm going to get on something touchy real quick here now. Or they got Tex Rider walking off, riding a pony, uh, 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 leaving the bar, sipping wine, saying, she left me for the last time. But you'll run after you and Trigger. You know, you'll go after. And folks, I want to tell you, you come in here with all that stuff in your ears and your mind, and then you say, hey, Brother Randy, lead me in worship. It don't happen like that. You can't click it on and click it off. Day by day, write music. Day by day, write meditation. Day by day, write book. Day by day, write worship. It's the will of God. You say, well, preacher, I don't think we ought to go that far. That's why you are a nominal, backslidden, carnal Christian. That's why you're not going to rise above getting when God's called you to give and make a difference. Glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are the Lord's. I'm closing. I'm just saying, friend, every commandment in the Bible addressed to believers. Oh, every commandment in the Bible addressed to believers is part of the will of God for your life. A lot of people come to me and say, Oh, preacher, can you tell me the will of God? I said, No, but I can tell you one who can. His name is Jesus. Holy Spirit, King James Bible is the will of God. You think God's going to Make it so mysterious that you can't find it. But then when you obey that, all of a sudden you'll be in a service minding your own business and God will say, I want, to, I want you to be a missionary. I want you to marry a missionary. I want you to go to South Africa. And you'll say, oh no, really. But I want to tell you something, if you disobeyed that, the will of God, you'd be the most miserable person living in Dalton making all this money. You'd be miserable. Totally miserable. Well, so let me just close by saying this. The will of God is a living relationship between God and a believer. It's a relationship. It's a communion. It's the vine and the branch abiding. And letting the Breath of God breathe through you. The love of God love through you. The strength of God bear fruit through you. And what's the Bible say in verse 8 of John 15? You'll glorify God. 
And what's the Bible say in verse 11 of John 15? These things have I written to you that your joy might be full and that my joy might remain in you. There's no greater pleasure than being in the will of God. I got about five or six things on, on what will happen when you glorify God. I don't have time to preach it. Maybe next Sunday morning, Lord lets me. But can I just say this? Don't waste your life. Don't waste your life. Please, 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 young people, please make an eternal difference. Don't just live to get. Don't just live to have pleasure and fun. And please don't live to be liked by everybody at school. Live to please God. And live to be used of God. And you won't waste your life. There ought to be some eternal significance about your being. Because you yield all that you have to God every day, day by day. And you're in the will of God. And you make a difference in somebody's life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the will of God. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled with the will of God. I'm excited about the will of God. Somebody asked me the other day, how could you stay in one church 39 years like it was some kind of curse or I couldn't go anywhere better? And I responded to them, God, and you know, I, you know it's the truth. It's the adventure of my life to see what God's going to do next. Lord, it's so much pleasure. It's such a wonderful adventure. It's such a wonderful calling to be in the will of God. And I pray for these that's listening to this message that they would not waste their life.